in a world where 7 out of 10 budgerigars prefer to travel by bus. In a world where tadpoles grow into traffic offices. In a world where obesity is the next big thing. These humble octogenarians will dig a shallow grave, bury the carcass and throw a sheet of tin over the injustice of life on... The Siamese Herring Experiment. Right, we've done enough for today. I'm having a beer. Hello, Brian. Brian, it's so good to see you again. It's been so long. Oh, no, Brian. Things have got a bit out of control in the world lately with uh, the, the, the planet being uh, saved in Scotland and... Yeah. Uh, you know, Scamo yeah. running around willy-nilly, uh, lying and cheating to other countries and all that, and uh, I've just lost track, Brian. Yeah, it's easy to lose track in this crazy, crazy world, but the uh, the GOP 26 or the KOZ 28 or whatever it was in Scotland, uh, that was a rousing success. I mean, the Taliban's commitment to cleaning up the coal and the uh, fossil fuel business, it really has made Scott Morrison and the Australian government look like a bunch of school children. Well, that's right, Brian. I mean, the Taliban, as we know, uh, you know, they're authoritarians, but geez, they get the job done. They do. Uh, not, not like these um, liberal, pacifistic idiots in Canberra who no. sit in their big assholes and start blabbering on about coal and talking willy-nilly about the fact that, you know, net carbon results are going to come from burning off some sort of like sheep or some animal that hasn't even been extinct yet. And we all know that what we've got to do is just like stop breathing, stop pumping yes. carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Simple yes. as that. It is. It is. I, I think this new idea of uh, converting everything that breathes oxygen into breathing carbon dioxide, mm. I think uh, Elon Musk's on a winner there. I think uh, once we get the uh, the vaccination for that and we start uh, 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 converting all the carbon dioxide, uh, that'll be much easier uh, to to deal with than actually wind power and uh, wave power and Goanna power. It is right, Brian. That's what Goannas are the uh, the near fuel for the future. It's uh, like the, you got the wombat power was the power of the 80s. Uh, then you have the uh, the kangaroo paws. They were going a lot towards uh, internal combustion engine and heating in the 1990s. Uh, 2000, we've just had a lot of flatulence that was heating the yep. earth. Yes. And now Goannas, they're, they're the future. They are, Brian. They are, and it'll be great to see what uh, what comes out of the CSIRO in that uh, regard, as long as they can get some more funding off uh, the government, yep. because the, the highest priority on the government's uh, list these days is to have an internal bar in Parliament House. Uh, they're sick of having to go outside to get their drinks, uh, so they're going to have eskies at every uh, little station where the little fellas and girls uh, sit down to talk shit. That's right, Brian. I mean, you know, I respect the fact that uh, when you've got, uh, you know, a lot of uh, fat bastards sitting around, they must, uh, they create all heat. They're contributing to the global warming on their own. But, yes. um, you know, if you're going to hide right inside the chamber, you've got to have a, a bar, uh, probably a bit of topless waitresses, 
yeah. uh, which would be fair. I'm pretty sure Penny Wong would be up for that for sure. Yeah. She's yeah. she's the right type for that sort of style of thing. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, uh, you know, if they get the ventilation right, get rid of all that hot air, maybe bring the big barbecue into the chamber. Oh, yes. Uh, I can see the speaker saying, you know, uh, you know they're going to have a division. Uh, you know, what do you want, chops or steaks today for lunch? Uh, they bring in the big carcass and uh, Barnacle Joyce will come in with his chainsaw, yep. as he normally does, yeah. just to threaten people usually, but this yep. time it'll be to chop up lunch. Yes. Happy with that, Brian? That sounds very productive, Brian. Now, Brian, we've got a bit coming up this week, uh, particularly tomorrow. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, we're uh, going to farewell an old friend of ours, uh, Moonface, uh, as most people would know him, but really in the in the, the, the world, his name's Bert Newton, uh, an absolute icon of the uh, fashion industry and a bit of TV work there. And um, fortunately for us, um, we're ready to go. We're, we've got everything organised. And, and Paddy, Paddy Newton's, um, with a kind heart, has asked us to uh, attend the uh, state funeral. Uh, we'll be, we'll be as soon as uh, we uh, finish this mm. podcast tonight. We're on your private jet to yeah. Melbourne, aren't we, Brian? We are indeed, Brian. Uh, Bert was a good friend of ours. Uh, after a while, we had a few uh, run-ins in the early days uh, when we were on the Don Lane show doing some script writing. Bert didn't like the way we made fun of him, but he 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 came round in the end after many drunken times together, and we really became a tight-knit uh, family, and Paddy was always very, very friendly to you, Brian. Uh, I think uh, Bert used to still get a bit hot under the collar about that. But, uh, yeah, we all had a good time, and now that old Bert's passed over to the uh, to the big television studio in the sky, we've got a lame to rest, Brian. And Paddy, as you well mentioned, she's, uh, she's given us carte blanche uh, to some mm. extent, Brian. Mm, she has, Brian. Um, now, a lot of people know that your private jet is a is a it's an old Learjet. Um, it's in magnificent condition still because you had it refurbished in uh, two thousand and ten. Yes. Uh, but I don't think many people uh, know the history of that jet. No, uh, it was built in the nineteen eighties. Uh, its first owner was uh, the Shah of Iran. Uh, you know, and I think we had the pleasure of visiting him in hospital one time after he'd uh, had been poisoned by his staff. Um, now. The Shah had to sell the jet, obviously, because he uh, he went to jail at the time for um, smuggling wildebeest and uh, cocaine out of Iran, and um, that was probably a good thing for the Middle East at the time because it settled things down. And it was bought by uh, none other than uh, George H. W. Bush, nice. uh, the soon to be after that president in 1988. Now, what uh, H. W.'s idea of uh, having a corporate jet was uh, to just fly around Texas like he always did, go to all the, uh, go all to the rodeos. Uh, he had a, had a bit of a, a sidelight job as a stunt flying at the Disneyland. Now, he was pretty good at doing that, and um, fortunately uh, for, for yourself and uh, for, for bad, bad um, thing tomorrow, uh, the, the jet developed a massive oil leak that um, always spewed over Engine 2's hot exhaust, leaving yes. a big trail of black smoke out the back of it. Now, HW never got it fixed because he just had plenty of crude uh, yep. and he didn't bother with it. No. Uh, but, you know, obviously when he became uh, president, he, uh, he, he had, had his own jet then and yep. uh, he gave it to uh, his son, George W. 
Yeah, George W. was um, uh, an interesting chap. He uh, took most of the seats out of that jet, as you know. Yeah. Yep. He put in a, uh, a sand pit. Yes. And, um, you know, he, he used to give order all around Texas doing um, silly things because he was a bit insane. Well, uh, he, that, he, yeah. if you remember, Brian, he just loved flying drunk. Uh, it was the only time he really could get it together as mm. if he was totally drunk. And I, I think he approached his presidency with the same light-hearted je ne sais quoi. Yeah, yeah. So he was drunk most of the time, which is the way he uh, preferred to fly. He did. Generally speaking, he couldn't fly. He had a uh, stand-in. He had plenty of stand-ins. He had plenty of jokers, clowns that looked like him. And, uh, you know, they played Havoc in the Skies. But because he was um, H.W.'s son, he got away with it. Brian, now, now we have to move on from uh, when he became president in um, in 2000. Uh, yes. He, uh, he had Air Force One to play in. Uh, he, he put the bloody playground in, took many seats out, put the playground in. Uh, there was plenty of crayons and all that for yep. him to play yes. with. Yep. Now, you bought the uh, the jet off the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Bush estate. Yes, Brian. Uh, and uh, I know you got it for a song because, um, you know, the... Was a, there was all the bloodstains and, yeah. and the crayon marks throughout the cabin. Yeah. Um, it was a mess. It was a mess, Brian. I, I think the uh, the first thing you did was uh, pull the sand pit out. Yes. The, the priority for you then was to put the bar in. Yes. Uh, down one side and it was on the port yes. side and on the left-hand side was yeah. the, uh, the two uh, strippers poles. Yeah. It took a fair while to clean up the excrement that was in there, Brian, yeah. and I'm not sure that uh, most of it was human. There was a bit of human excrement in there, but there was a lot of uh, strange animal excrement in there, and it was really caked on. So I'm not quite sure what uh, George W got up to in there, but, uh, yeah, he was a bit of a wild chap. Well, that's right, but I think H.W. used to, uh, as I said earlier, he'd do his rodeoing. I'm pretty sure that um, if um, he'd lasted pretty long on the bull, he'd take, actually take the bull with him in the plane. Yes, yes, so that there was explains a, it. Yeah, there was a lot of bullshit in that plane, Ryan. You know, it mm. lasted for a long time. Yes, and the glove box was chock-a-block full of used condoms. I remember that. It was, Brian. It was, and um, the stick shift had been pulled out of it and it was on an automatic, which I, I'm glad you put the, the manual gearbox back into it. Yeah, I like to have control when I fly, Brian. You do, Brian, especially when you're drunk. Yes. Now... We're going to adhere to the, the Newton family uh, wishes uh, that we will be, uh, as your piloting skills can provide, you'll be flying low level over the, yep. uh, over the Melbourne CBD uh, during the funeral. Yep. And then after uh, the casket is wheeled out and put in the back of a Mercedes-Benz rubber duck that uh, Bert loved and taken to the funeral area, You'll be doing the uh, sign writing with the, uh, the, the the jet, and if you, everybody in Melbourne looks up, and, uh, as Hattie has asked, uh, you'll be signing in the sky. I like the boy. Yes. In big, white, black and yellow letters out of the back of your jet, Brian. Yes, Brian. It's one of the catchphrases that Bert's really well known for, uh, not yeah. just in Australia, but all around the world, well, is that... Famous, uh, that famous time that Muhammad Ali was in Australia promoting his fat grill, his 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 fatless burning grill with uh, the toaster. That's right. Uh, after calling him various names and degrading him, he That's said right. to Muhammad Ali, he said, uh, famously, I like the boy. And uh, Muhammad Ali took that in uh, in all his humour 
and actually punched Bert in the throat. Uh, they cut that out. But we were on the sidelines there watching from behind the curtain. And it was a cracking punch Ooh, by Muhammad Ali. Just dropped Bert like a bag of shit. And uh, he never really fully recovered from that. But uh, a great moment in television. Hmm. It was, Brian. I think, um, you know, what people don't realise is he had to have an operation on that um, that injury uh, not long after that. Because he, otherwise he would, it would have been called the Moonface uh, voice. Yes. But now it's just the Darren Lockyer voice. But uh, really what we can do is uh, go look back in time. And uh, really it was the time when Muhammad Ali just showed his true courage to just smack somebody in the throat yep. who uh, was, uh, wasn't even ready for it. Now, that's just guts, Brian. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. And, and as we've discovered later, it was the start of uh, Birdie losing all his hair. Yeah. Uh, the shock to the system, the nervous system never recovered. And that's really when he started to lose his hair and uh, investigated the old hair plugs. Yeah. yeah, they tried the hair plugs out on his pubic region first and it uh, seemed to take reasonably well and then mm. they went on to the head. Yes. I, I think the uh, thing about Bert was he, he always had a hair straightener with him. That uh, you know that He wasn't a curly top like you know, you'd, you'd like to see on some men. No. He liked the straight, the straight hair. Uh, yes. So the, 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 the straightener he had and a bit of real cream, always never n- never missed out on it, Brian. Um I like the fact that, you know, when we think about Bert in those days, that, you know, him being a heavy drinker and a smoker and, uh, you know, taking smoking uh, that other stuff that um, is, is illegal, uh, made him uh, a great after-dinner speaker. That, uh, I know he uh, at one of your weddings he was the, uh, the MC. Yes. And uh, uh, I know he, he got fairly drunk and then uh, got up and started talking about heroin and uh, the Don Lane show and, uh, you know, fossicking for gold in, uh, in Turak which is pretty unusual that, I mean, he was actually using a pan and, you know, sifting through the rubbish. Now, I I love that in a man, Brian. I mean, the thing about Bert that really I enjoyed was his tails. And then we'd go, oh, that's so bloody funny, Bert. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, have another drink. Yeah, (laughs) he was an absolute clown. People know him as the support guy to all these other better-known personalities the likes of Graham Kennedy, Graham, you know, yeah. he was his side man, and Don Lane, famously, uh, he was Jack Little's side man for a while. You remember Jack Little from the Wide World of Wrestling on Channel Nine that Bert really, uh, yeah. really wanted to get on board. That's right, Brian. The, the the thing is, most people, you know, always saw him in a suit uh, or maybe dressed up in, in some sort of costume, playing the. Uh, the, uh, the clown, the fool, but just wholeheartedly a funny man. But my um, my memory of Bert is always going to his place, having a barbecue and him just nooding up yeah. in front of everybody and just say, you'd get there and you'd sit standing in front of the pool, you'd have a bloody stubby in one hand and um, just a box of matches in the other and he'd just set his hair on fire just yeah. as a joke. <laughs> and he'd go, oh, I've got heaps of these toupees and I'm right. And we go, oh, Bert, you're on fire. Oh, it's all right. And so he'd jump in the pool yep. and, you know, he'd wave it about and then he'd, we'd have to go and get him, pull him out like a fucking whale. <laughs> now, I gave him uh, mouth-to-mouth many times, even when he wasn't like that. But yes. he, he was a great entertainer at home, Brian. 
He was. The television stuff was nothing compared to when he got at home. Uh, he used to be swinging from the chandeliers uh, quite often. Uh, he actually had chandeliers put in every room, uh, in the backyard, in the toilet, in the uh, in the rumpus room, in the carport. He uh, had chandeliers everywhere, and he'd get drunk and nude up and swing from the chandeliers at the drop of a hat. Well, I didn't even have to drop a hat, Brian. He'd just do it anyway. Drop his pants. That's right. And he'd be off. I remember we went on a caravanning holiday, Brian, with him and uh, <laughs> and Paddy and uh, and that troubled kid of theirs, and yep. uh, we ended up at Portsea down yes. near um, Frankston Way, this past you know, in the Mornington Peninsula, because Bert always loved uh, Frankston. He, he was brought up there, I think, by a pack of wolves yes. uh, as a youngster. Yes, and we always used to go back there, and uh, he just go, as we drive through Frankston, you go. Oh! Oh. And then he'd take his clothes off. Yeah. Now, look, I don't know. People just got used to it. I don't, know. I don't really like a, a big obese man walking around uh, in the nude in public. I don't mind in the privacy of your own home no, because that's no. what you can do. But he used to do it. He'd walk through Frankston uh, with his gear off and the cops would go, oh, good on your Bert. Oh, you're a bloody laugh. And we'd go, oh, fuck, here we go again. We could put, oh, and we'd, put him in the, we'd walk him into Vinnie's and we'd put some yep. clothes on him. For, it cost, no, it cost us about $1.50. Yes. And he'd go, oh, that's good. Good on you, bronze. You've ruined my day. Yeah. We'd say, well, let's go to the pub. And he was right then. Yep. He was yeah. right. Yeah, he got a few schooners into him and he, he was off again. But those caravanning holidays, they were great. And uh, he, yeah. his, his Viscount caravan, uh, the 70-footer that he had was a real ripper. Had a swimming pool, sauna, jacuzzi mm. on the mm. first level. And then upstairs was the uh, palatial dining room. And on the third floor of that Viscount caravan, there was the uh, master bedroom and all yeah. the guest rooms. And we could fit about 150 people in that thing of a weekend. It was just just right. wonderful times back mm. then, Brian. It was, Brian. I, I, I love the fact that no matter where he was going, no matter if it was in his car, in the, the, the caravan or you know, by helicopter, there was always a make-up room. Because uh, Bert was, he was quite particular about his looks. He was a man with dignity, pride, and a severe case of flatulence most yes. of the time. Yes. Now, you know, I used to, you know, just love watching him get the pancake put on his cheeks yeah. and then put the false teeth in because he'd, he'd lost most of his teeth in a fight with um, one of those uh, AFL footballers back in the day, VFL oh, back yes. in those days. Yes, I think yes. he was, a, you know, obviously he was a big Fitzroy fan, but he, uh, I think he got in a fight with uh, John Nichols from um, yeah. from Carlton Football Club, and John's uh, about six foot eight and uh, four hundred and fifty kilos, yeah. uh, whereas Bert's four hundred and fifty kilos, but he's not six foot eight. No. So it was a, it wasn't a fair fight, but no. uh, but geez, it was great afterwards. They uh, they'd get on the drink, uh, you know, and fall over and nude up. And that entertainment thing never left Bert. No, even no. death. I'm pretty sure he's going to get out and like jump around and show his genitals and go, "Look at me! Look at that!" Yeah. Well, you know, it will be great to see, as you say, that uh, that Bert's final wishes are carried out. The flyover with the smoke belching out of the Learjet will be uh, just mm. fantastic. Uh, should be spraying oil onto the whole crowd, messing up a lot of good suits and dresses, uh, which are, would have entertained Bert in you know, no end. And then uh, the real big thing about this is that Bert's coffin is not going to be completely full. 
Now, uh, I might be letting the cat out of the bag, but I'm sure it will be announced uh, not long after the uh, stiff's gone into the ground that uh, Bert's head is actually going into cryogenics. And Elon Musk has uh, been kindly asked to reanimate his head. And I believe that uh, Bert Newton's head will be the very first bit of human remains on the planet Mars. Mm. They're going to build a whole colony around that fat head of his. Mm. Well, you know, Mars needs a moon, Brian, and I think yes. the moon face itself is like a, it's, a, it's an indictment on society. But basically what it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, one of those symbols uh, of uh, yes. life on Earth. Like, like yes. you know, you, they, they sent out a, a many years ago a little uh, craft that had um, a thing on the side of it with a naked man and a naked woman just to yes. show uh, interplanetary other species that yes. we do exist. Yes. Um, but, you know, not that they'd really care because, um, no. you know, at some stage or another they'll take this planet off us. But, yes. you know, to have um, Moonface uh, yeah. as the uh, cryogenic uh, king of the Mars, yes. uh, I believe it's probably the, uh, the way of the world. You know, by the time we get to Pluto, um, you'd have to you'd have to really think that Kanye West's head's going to be seven, no matter if he's dead or alive, and he'll be the uh, the new look at Pluto because he's right out there. Yes. And um, yeah, there's others around. I'd like to think that Angela Merkel she'll oh, probably yes. go on to become like the sun goddess that yes. be planted yes. on top of the sun. You know, I'd like to see, see I'd like to see Prince Andrew, obviously, like the head of the dwarf planet, like yes. um, say you know Alpha Centauri or yes. something like that. Yes. Where, you know, there's always problems and he'd yes. be like the soothing uh, person who in in reality is a, a conundrum yes but uh, in reality he's just an asshole correct yes and it's going to be a new era see when we bravely venture forth to mars i mean rather than having a tin sign saying uh, welcome to mars population two bert's head is mm. going to be on a pole and we'll actually talk to the incoming uh, uh, Martian-esque uh, type uh, new inhabitants. Yeah. And uh, it will be uh, a sign of the advancement of technology and humankind that awaits us in the brave new world on the red planet. Yes, Brian, you hit a nail on the head there. And I, I presume that, you know, the likes of uh, Richard Branson, Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bechtel, will uh, be there with Mark Zuckerberg and uh, that, that little uh, symbol, the yes. new symbol for, uh, and, uh, what is it, uh, Facey's book. Now, oh, you know, I like that symbol, Brian. It sort of encapsulates in my mind um, the never-ending yeah. sign of we've steal, stealing your, um, all your information and, yes. you know, take it and put it into an algorithm. Now, yeah. that's what that symbol's all about, and I, I respect that. Yes. Uh, and I, I think Mark Zuckerberg's a, like, he's, a, like, he's, like, he, he's the new god. Yes, he is. I mean, he is uh, fully artificial. As we know, he's, uh, he's the first working model of artificial intelligence. Yep. It, it is it's a bit of a stretch to call it intelligence, but he is uh, a totally uh, an animatron, uh, as you and I well know, Brian. We saw some of the first uh, the first models of the Mark Zuckerberg entity uh, back in the nineties when they were working on that thing. When the uh, the real Mark Zuckerberg got uh, electrocuted very violently, and, yes. uh, he was reanimated to some extent, and now he's a fully functioning robotic entity. Yes, Brian. And, you know, I think what you're alluding to is a lot of people have talked about cyborgs. 
Mark yes. is basically was the first cyborg, but you know, it, it wasn't the word that he liked. That sounds no. like it was in the past. Like that's, yes. that's sort of like um, you know Ronald Reagan's sort of talk, and yeah. he wanted to, he wanted to be like Donald Trump talk, which is you know like uh, same sort yeah same thing. Yes. and um, he loves picking out a new word every day. He does. Yeah, uh, you know his his new word the other day was meter. Yep. Uh, tomorrow it'll be uh, Cyprus. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll come up with, you know, something yes. along the lines of stupidity. That'll come out shortly. It's only a matter of time, Brian, before we speaking in tongues, thanks to Mark Zuckerberg. That's him, Brian. And, uh, you know, like, you know, we need a new religion, Brian. I think we've had enough of the, uh, the, the catatonics. We've had enough of the uh, Islamics. We've had enough of yep. the uh, Buddhists. Yes. Uh, we've had enough of the... Uh, Cartesian, and yep. we've had enough of the uh, Bolivian jungle yep. religion, Brian. Yes. So I'm pretty sure that the uh, meter uh, religion is going to catch on enormously, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, where there's a, probably a lot, a lot of lack of like, oxygen, obviously, because of the way they react to everything. Uh, but down here in the Southern Hemisphere, we'll just stick to our normal way of um, having religion, which is, um, you know, the four o'clock session at the pub, which yes. is obviously the, uh, the, the, the thing that we all do religiously every day. Correct. Uh, you know, Two-hour session at the pub, four o'clock, six o'clock, uh, yep. and then drive home. Yes. All right, Brian, I think we've fixed a few things up today. and uh, We have. And uh, to all the people in Melbourne, just look up in the sky when the coffin of... Uh, of moon faces coming out, and there that'll be Brian's jet going very yes. low level, pouring yep. oil all over you. Yep. And remember, when the uh, when the balloons are released from the coffin, everyone has to say, "I like the boy." <laughs> oh, Brian, that's just gold, isn't it? So, it is. Yeah. And so, instead of signing off with Erden Durden as we normally do, I think we should just sign off with, "See you, Brian." See you, Brian. I like the boy. I love the boy, especially when he's nude. <laughs> and dead. Yeah. He's better, he's better entertainer when he's dead. He is. I can't wait till they fire the headless corpse out of the coffin across uh, into the bay, into uh, out there off uh, Sydney Harbour there. <laughs> On his way to Mars. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait for that one. I think Don Lane's going to say a few words at the uh, funeral. <laughs> he's, uh, he has, uh, he's got uh, dementia he? now. He's fully, fully fledged dementia now, so that'll go down a treat. He's a bit stiff. He is a bit stiff. Bert, Bert would have loved that. Uh, <laughs> of course, he, Don Lane was a good one for reanimation. He was, uh, he was a great friend of Walt Disney, and I think their Boy. heads are in the freezer together. They are. They are, and you know the. The body's full of maggots, but the head's absolutely pristine, Brian. It looks as good as the day he died. That was a day to remember that one, Brian. I remember you and you bought that gun. Oh, yep. sorry. Yep, you choked on a bit of lead. As you do. You do. All right, Brian. Head and dead. <laughs> <laughs>